This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Okay, well, today's episode is special. This is a person that I have never done a podcast with before. I'm not even sure that I've ever interviewed this person, except maybe at breakfast about how she slept. This is my wife of 35 years, the fabulous director, producer, and award-winning actress. My all-around favorite person, Kira Sedgwick. And to make it even more special, we have Stacy Houston, who runs our foundation, sixdegrees.org. So this is a very personal episode for me, and they are two people that I'm very, very close to, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun. So lean in. It's a good one. Okay, here I am. This is a very, very special edition of Six Degrees with Kevin Bacon because this is Six Degrees with Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good. You look amazing. Thank you. Uh, who set up your lighting? Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so for people that don't know this, what's one of our least favorite things to do? What is one of our least favorite things to do? Oh, God. This is a very question. Talk about ourselves? Interviews about ourselves in our marriage. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, that's that's right. The question, um, what's the secret to a happy marriage? What's the secret to a happy marriage, Kira? That old chestnut. The secret to a happy marriage is not to take advice from celebrities about the secret to a happy marriage. Tell me, how did you first, t- you, you two first meet? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. What's You've heard your, it all before. Kevin, what's your favorite Kira Sedgwick movie? And Kira, what's your favorite Kevin Bacon? I mean, it's just so it's so hard. I was just on with um uh with with Seth and Lauren Rogan who are married couple. They're our first, you know, married couple to, to be on uh 6 degrees, although this might air before it, but they seemed totally comfortable um 
you know, being and doing things together. I, I think I think we just have a certain kind of, I mean, we've gotten better at it over the years, but we've always avoided it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know, it just feels really revealing to talk too much about. And also it somehow makes it, I don't know, I, I always feel like it sounds like, you know, showing off or it's really easy or, you know, coming off like it's too easy and stuff like that. And it's like, I just don't want to come off like that. Plus, it's ours. And the more that we talk about it in the press, the less it feels like it's ours. It's everybody that it becomes everybody else's. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. I I feel the same way about those two points. I mean, I also feel like, you know, I don't want to be the guy that is supposed to give somebody advice right on how to stay married i don't i I don't know i just i don't know and 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 the other thing that makes me nuts about it makes me nuts about press in general but is that you know when was the last time you read like a full profile of anyone or a full interview with anyone everything gets homogenized down to a single soundbite line soundbite yeah totally and or headline or whatever and it it when you're talking about um, 35 years of marriage, that that just becomes just silly. You know, exactly. it's, it's it's just it's disrespectful. Um, how are you these days, my love? What's what's uh, how how are you feeling about life and about the world and yeah. about? Um, oh my God, do you want yourself? to make me cry? Is that what you want to do? Is to make I, me cry? I don't. I never want to <laughs> make you cry. I never want to make you cry. I mean, I'm feeling. I'm feeling pretty overwhelmed, to be perfectly honest with you, with the state of the world. And today we, you know, heard about two shootings um, and it just feels pretty overwhelming. And um, it just feels like the world is in such a mess. How could we possibly fix it? And I know that um, the antidote to feeling helpless and hopeless is to get into action. So... You know, I posted something on my Instagram from every town about, you know, about gun violence. And I am talking to you today. And um, and I do what I can every day to make me feel like I'm part of the solution and not part of the problem. So when did you first start to feel like you were like 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 that was going to be a part of (laughs) not that no not that part of it when did you first start to feel like you were part of the solution rather than part of the problem because I feel like well we met when you were 21 I think that's it and you already at 21 had a pretty big uh complicated world view did I yeah, I think so. Is it? Yeah, I think. I mean, I know that. I know that having the kids would definitely kind of um, send it home. But I, but I, I remember you definitely feeling like much more so than me, thinking about um, about just causes and things that were going on in the world. I mean, where do you think that yeah. comes from? I, I think it's an extension, an extension of an empathy gene um, mm-hmm. that might be dialed up to 11, you know, um, but I'm happy for it and grateful for it. I mean, I think that's what drew me to being an actor is compassion for other people and people in difficult circumstances. And then also this like really fierce feeling of really like black and white thinking around right and wrong, 
you know, mm-hmm. things that were fair and unfair and mm-hmm. so much inequality and so many things that were so unfair. And it's a sort of childlike rage that I can get into. Like, I can't believe it's so unfair, mm-hmm. you know, and it's and I'm I'm happy for it, um, even though it causes me some dis- it causes me a lot of despair sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy for it because I think that it helps me as an actor and as a director. But I also think it helps me as a civilian you know, to feel responsible for the world I live in and to think that in some ways I can affect change. And change doesn't always have to be huge. It can also be small little incremental things. And that's sort of the bigger picture of my my activism of, is this idea of grassroots, you know, mm-hmm. that really like it has to be from the grassroots up. It has to be little things, knocking on doors, you know, um, giving someone, pulling someone up, you know, reaching your hand down and pulling someone up, like very, it can be small and they they have a bigger effect on people because I feel like it's like this great snowball effect that can happen. But I, but I think it, it really comes from just this very childlike feeling of like, there are just things that are fair and just things that are just blatantly unfair. There may be nuance as a grown up. I can embrace the nuance a little bit, but Mm -hmm. there's also some things that are really clearly fair and unfair i feel like um correct me if i'm wrong that that was very much i when i hear you say that i hear your father's voice yeah is that true yeah definitely my Mm -hmm. dad was into politics for a little while on the local level in new york Mm -hmm. um and yeah he definitely he was very passionate he would get very passionate about things um oh my god i shudder to think what he would think now um but if you were alive, but yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. And I and I remember um, when the kids were born, which was about eighty nine. Trap was born, or or some eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. eighty nine. Travis was born. Um, pretty much right away, you started to um, get involved with. Uh, it, uh, activism around climate change, which was then called global warming. And it was, when you really think about it, a lot of people really had no idea. Either they had no idea what you were talking about, or they completely dismissed it as, as you know, some kind of like crazy, um, you know, th- lunatic theory from on the edge or something that was, was never going to happen in our life, right. lifetime. And, um, here we are seeing how, you know, uh, you know, not prophetic. I wouldn't say you were prophetic. You were just smart about it. And and you actually believe the science. And I thought that it's, it's really amazing to think back that, that, that you were such a, on the forefront of that thought. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really, you know, I always think about it as like, it was kind of a selfish thing. I started to think about the future for my kid and I started Mm -hmm. to think, you know, what what do we have here on the horizon? And um, I think it's sort of a mom's job, a parent's job, but more of a mom thing maybe of like, where's the danger and how can I prevent it from happening to my child? Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, it just was something that was in the zeitgeist. If you were listening in 88, you know, in 88, in 89, I remember specifically, it was a very hot summer The on, in 88. And people were like, what's happening? And then there was a lot of... Um, information that was coming out. And I just was like voraciously um, reading up on everything I possibly could and going in and speaking to scientists and getting 
clear and educated about what was happening and the causes of it, you know. And I think that, you know, no one really wanted to say, still no one wants to say because of because of the power of the of the oil and gas companies that that it is the burning of fossil fuels. It is the burning of gas and oil that is that is the it is the reason why we are where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no two ways about it. And it used to be that we would, you know, try to say all sorts of euphemisms like, you know, it's one of the causes, but it's not. It's the cause. Um, you can talk about other things that contribute to it, but it is the number one cause. And I think that, um, I also think that plastic was something that I was, you know, really understanding was, is a petrochemical, um, is, a, is a petroleum product. I realized that I knew, I understood that plastic is a petroleum product very early on and tried to, you know, diminish our use of plastics around the kids entirely as much as we possibly could so hard with kids to write everything they touch everything. everything they use is plastic it's just you're just inundated with plastic i remember when when uh our son was born we decided that we weren't going to use disposable diapers and 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 we were complete vagabonds we were living out of suitcases with this brand new baby and going from town to town making movies and uh Kira's movies and my movies and we'd come to a town you know in the middle of nowhere and have to set up a diaper service and people like are you out of your mind why would you have a diaper service when you can just you know go right down to the store and buy a nice giant box of plastic disposable diapers and make your life easy but uh, you were you were so adamant that um, that that we not do that, and uh, and you know I just have to say it was it was it was just it was it's just always I'm just always impressed with 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 you and around around those things. You know, you really you really do um, walk the walk. Thank you, honey. Um, you know, you mentioned um, uh, being a, an an actor and being a director. And I wonder, uh, which is it? Is a chicken and the egg thing? Is 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 your um, compassion for the world, for the planet, for other people, uh, sort of a result of the emotional kind of work that you that you've chosen, um, being an artist like this, or has it has that influenced? The choices that you make and the kinds of uh, the, the films that you want to direct, or or the kinds of parts that you want to play. I mean, is it which which came first? Gosh, I mean, I think it's kind of both. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure that I was an empathetic creature way before I thought about you know acting. Um, but then then once I started acting, I, I the first thing I did was you know um, title and fiddle around the roof and. And, you know, I remember just feeling like I've been through the pogroms and, you know, this has actually happened to me, you know, and I... You take it it, very personally. Yeah, yeah. It felt good to make that my story for a little while. You know what I mean? It felt good to walk around in other people's shoes and to, you know, feel their big feelings. So, um, So I think that probably, you know, my empathetic, you know, nature, my, my, you know, I... It's not. It's not always a great thing. Like I find myself a little bit like invasions, invasion of the body snatchers, where I kind of leave my body and go into other people's bodies and feel their feelings. But you think that's a bad thing? Why? 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 Why would that? Well, because I think that 
it's a lot of it's a lot of um I think it just makes life a little bit harder if you're if you're taking other people's feelings on a mm-hmm. lot when mm-hmm. they're not asking you to when you're not getting paid for it, you know. Um no, I think it can be irritating. I could point out a couple of ways in which it's irritating, and you'll go, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah, but I mean, do you mean to other people, or it's hard, hard on you? I think it's hard on me. I think it's right. an ad, added bur- burden on me. Like, she's really upset. Like, there's one person in this party that's upset, and I can tell. And it's, you know, making it impossible for me to have a good time at this party. Plus, I want to be annoying and keep going up to her and going, are you okay? You okay? Mm-hmm. You okay? And that's right. annoying, too. Right, so, right, right, right. Yeah, but then I think that, like... But it's a great the, quality to have as an actor, obviously. Yeah, it is. It is a great quality. It's just dialed up to 11 sometimes. It's a little bit much. But I think that definitely, you know, especially the things that I've picked as an actor, they have to have meaning for me, like, in the world. Like, I have to, it has to be, It. I have to feel like I'm making a contribution of some kind. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not just putting, like, more trash out in the world. That feels really important to me and always has. And also, like... Um, and then as a director, certainly, I mean, if you're going to spend over a year on something like I want to, I want to know why I'm making it. I want to know the fact, the effect that I want to have on people like Space Oddity was very much about, you know, a 20 something year old who's really depressed around climate, you know, and around the grief and the loss of a sibling. And because of that, he wants to go on a one-way journey to Mars. But he grew up on a flower farm. He's seeing climate, you know, change firsthand, and he's really in despair about it. And so it's really about his journey of, like, falling back in love with the Earth, right, and becoming, like, I want to fix things here. There is no planet B, right? So that was, like, very much why I wanted to do that story. It like felt really critical that I'd make a story that had to do with, you know, climate and climate change and the effect that it's having on everybody, but specifically this young man, and then tell the, and then give like the antidote to that is like Mm -hmm. fall back in love with the earth, like take care of this planet, take care of your relationships, like deal with your grief around it, and then move on and fix things here. Don't check out and go away. And that felt like a big reason to do this, do the movie. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. You started producing when you were very, very young. I mean, it was, I, I didn't even really even at the time think of the implications, not only of your age, because, you know, I just never thought of, you always seemed like a, a such a grown up, a grown woman to me from the, from the, from the time I met you. And now, and now when I finally had a, had a daughter many years ago who turned 21, I thought, wow, was this one I married your mom this is like crazy you're like a child <laughs> but i i i i you were so uh hands-on in in creating your own opportunities um work-wise in terms of like finding uh scripts and optioning books and things and and creating ideas and it's it's as a as a not only as a young person but as a woman at at that point in the industry it was kind of unheard of to a certain extent uh certainly for for, for an actor to to be doing that for for themselves um what 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 do you think it is that that gave you that that uh impetus or that that confidence to want to like to take charge in that way you know i don't really know except to say that i I mean, sometimes when you're older, you look back and you go, God, I can't believe I, I had all that chutzpah. Like, what the mm -hmm. How the hell did I get that? You know, I, I, I just think that it was always a desire to do more, like to be a bigger part of my business, to be a mm -hmm. bigger part of my, my ability to make choices in the world, a bigger mm -hmm. part of creating my own opportunities. You know, I'm, I'm really like, as you know, I'm a jack in the box and a, you know, and, you know, always wanting to, I don't know, life, Explain life Explain what I mean by that and what you mean by that, because people may not quite get it. So give an jack example. So the jack-in-the-box is like, I could get up right now. I don't really want to even sit here. Yeah, no, I mean, it's really hard for me to sit still, you know, and waiting around for scripts was not something that I did well or continue to do well. My jack-in-the-box, our jack-in-the-box story is that, you know, I, I sit, we sit down to watch something and, you know, literally every five minutes I'm getting up and doing something. I'm, I mean, I'm always have a reason for getting up and doing something, I, but sure it's not, but, but, but I'm, it is hard for me to see, sit still. And you and multitask. So, you also, you, you yeah. have, you have a lot of things going on all the time on a whole bunch of things that you're holding 
inside one mind at at, at all the time. And I, I would I would point out that you know a lot of them, a huge percentage of them are various ways of uh, doing service for other people and other um, causes and whether it's, you know, making sure that somebody, you know, that is close to you, you know, has a chance to, you know, have a conversation or, or making sure that you show up on a, on a picket line or, or, or you're trying to, you know, m make calls in a political, I mean, it's, it's not just like, well, I got a script over here and I got a call over here and I got a, you know, I, uh, I'm, you know, having lunch with my friend and I'm, you know, getting my hair done. It's, it's like a lot of big part of the multiple things that you hold in your head are, are, um, are just ways of giving service and giving back. It's, 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 it's pretty impressive. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that's not really a question, was it? Um, no. <laughs> But so, I think that I also yeah. just want to say that thing about the producing thing. It's like, as a woman, like, you can't really sit around and just wait for shit to happen. Right. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's like, you got to, like, keep things moving, you mm -hmm. know? I mean, as an actor, it's hard to sit around and just wait for the calls to come in. And I, I frankly, you know, even with all the success I've had, I've never had the career where I could just, like, sit back and wait for this stuff to happen. So I think that, you know, I've always thought, entrepreneurially that way my father mm -hmm. was an entrepreneur and like you know oh i got I, i'm gonna get this thing here and with this thing here i'm gonna put these things together and knowing what you don't know is just as important as like knowing what you do know it's like i don't know if i can do that but i'm pretty sure i can do that and if i don't know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna bring in this guy and bring in this girl and you know so so i think it's exciting and and makes you feel like more in control of your life and especially as a woman and especially as a woman in this business like we need we need to take charge because otherwise, I don't know, you'll get forgotten or railroaded or something. And then brilliantly, for after all these years and having this tremendous success as an actor, you said, you know what? I want to direct. And, of, uh, the, the, you know, t talk a little bit about that that moment where where, you know, you decided to, uh, shift gears. You're not the first actor to, that decided has decided to do that, but I think it is. It's it, it's interesting. It's challenging, and I think in your case, correct me if I'm wrong. It was a little bit of an aha kind of moment. Yeah, totally. It was kind of shocking because um, if you read some of my old interviews, I would always say I'll never direct. I'll never direct. Um, boy, I really learned my lesson around saying never say never because you just mm. don't know. But I think I was afraid to direct. And I think that, number one, you know, I think that I wasn't exposed to a lot of female directors. I mean, yeah, after right. working as an actor for over 45 years, I've worked with a handful of female directors. I mean, it's right. pathetic. Yeah, it's pathetic. Um, yeah. So I don't think if you don't see it, you can't dream it, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that that's a big part of it. And I also think that as, you know, there was some famous line about, you know, your 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 taste and your talent, like, you know, when you've been doing something for, you know, you haven't done it at all, you have this really, you know, you have a you have a high level of taste, you know, of like understand. Like I've always understood what makes or not understood or like I've always I have a very, I have a very clear opinion of what I think is a good film. Oh yes, and you do. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, thinking and, and then but my skill set would never be as high pollutant as my tastes, right? So I think that there's understanding that disparity can make you frozen in like paralyzed, you know, yeah. perfectionism, paralyzation, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that paralyzed and perfectionism, I think they they can follow each other if you're too, you know, worried about being perfect. So I think it's scary to take a chance. Women are generally risk averse for good reason, because I think we only get one chance, maybe two. Don't get me started on that. Um, mm -hmm. And so we are a little more risk averse. But I think that honestly, it had a lot to do with you, which is I, you know, it's hard for Hate me to, to admit you, it. <laughs> <laughs> I get enough credit. But I mean, I think for years you were like, you really should direct, you know, you really have an eye for it. You and 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 I just told myself a lot of stories, you know what I mean, about mm -hmm. ways and why I couldn't do it. And then mm -hmm. I stopped telling myself that story. And I had something that I had been wanting to make into a film for a really long time as a producer. And then I finally was like, you know, I've lived with this thing for 10 years. And the opportunity came to make it. And I was like, you know what, and I want to direct it. And literally, when I said it out loud, loud in the meeting, it was sort of like, who the hell just said that? Was that me? Did I say that? But I, but once I said it, I realized it was true. And I think that it was scary and it was, you know, I felt the fear and I just did it anyway, you know, and then mm -hmm. fell madly in love with it, you know. Mm -hmm. So now I don't want to turn back. Well, it was no shock to me that you fell in love with it. And the, and the reason that it was no shock to me was that I, I could always see you either on the set when you're acting in something, looking at things with a directorial eye, an eye towards um, what's happening with this process. Is there anything that's going on here that's not going to be useful to us in the final product? <laughs> you also <laughs> oftentimes knew exactly what it was that another actor <laughs> was missing in terms of um, their performance. Mm -hmm. And when we would watch films together, now if we go to the movies, we sometimes have to uh, you know, try to remind you that you, you're not allowed to talk back at the screen, but when we're at home, you do all the time. Oh my God, oh, oh please, or oh, oh, wow. These are things that you would say while Definitely. watching, which to yeah. me sort of indicates that you're you're you have a certain kind of analytical thing about the the art of of filmmaking not to mention you know your point of view around visual style but i think you you really came to it from a, a personal mostly a personal and human kind of you know connection to it so it never really um surprised me that not only that you would want to do it but that also that you would be so um, good at it, especially since I remember, you know, from the very from very early on, you come to the set, and I could see you watching me off camera. And every once in a while, you come up and say, "Hey, do a little less," or <laughs> "Hey, you know, uh, you know, don't smile so much." Whatever it was, you know, little little tips for uh, hubby. Uh, that you, you just couldn't resist. And uh, sometimes I'd have to say, honey, uh, you know, maybe don't make any suggestions right now because that's, you know, Clint Eastwood over there or Ron <laughs> Howard or, or or Oliver Stone or, you know what I mean? But, uh, but 
it's 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 it, it it makes complete sense to me that you would uh, have you know found this this uh, other way to communicate all the all the uh, you know artistic talent that you have. Um, when you uh, when we first started this conversation, we talked about um, you know how you were feeling and how overwhelming uh, you know life can be and the news can be and and uh, all those things. How do you personally? kind of deal with that when when you when you when you have those feelings well i try to remember in terms of the environmental depression that can overwhelm that part of my job is to love the planet exactly how she is today Mm -hmm. and to um take joy and solace in her beauty And I feel like that's super important to do. So when I get overwhelmed with like how terrible everything is and I get so scared, I still, that feels like a guiding light for me, like a very important thing to keep in mind. Um, That I get to, you know, be joyful and love what's here now. Um, I think... um, Doing service is really the antidote to feeling bad. I mean, it just, it just is. That's the question you asked, right, honey? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I can do something every day that makes me feel um, like I'm taking an action for healing around mm-hmm. um, whether it's, you know, what I buy at the grocery store, like avoiding single-use plastic and going, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm not going to buy the you know tuna sandwich that's in a plastic box for no reason or god forbid like the plastic covered orange you know Mm. i'm going to make a choice with my dollar Mm. to you know buy something that i know i can um that will not create a lot of waste that will last longer than the pyramids which is what plastic lasts how long plastic lasts it will last millennium it will Mm -hmm. be here long past my lifetime and my children's lifetime. So I have to understand that every time I use a piece of plastic, um, contrary to popular belief, it does not get recycled. And recycled for these companies are putting it in the ocean or burning it, which I don't think is recycled. Um, Like 3% of all plastic is recycled. So that's a paltry number. So I have to so, so that's a way to take action, right, mm-hmm. and make me feel a little bit better and a little more a part of the solution. Um, and also doing service, any kind of service, whether it's, you know, doing something for the food bank for New York City or doing something um, for Swing Left, which is a, you know, political group that I'm involved with, or or whipping up, you know, phone bankers, getting on a Zoom or going somewhere and going, rah, rah, you guys, you're volunteering, you're amazing. I'm so excited that you're here today and let's go out and knock on some doors, you know, encouraging people to vote, encouraging people to use their voice, helping them understand that they make a difference, that everything they do makes a difference and not be inundated with the apathy that they, the corporations want us to feel all the time and the political entities want us to feel all the time so that we just don't make any noise and we don't get too angry and we don't force them to make a different and better choice Mm -hmm. you know so i'm going to be that person who's going to be like 
you can do it. Yes. And that feels like something I can do. I'm good at, you know, going on MSNBC and talking about why I walked in the climate march and specifically why I walked in it. And so, you know, just doing what I can to use my voice to elevate people that don't have as loud a voice, you know, or don't have people pointing a camera at them. And is there anything that you do? Uh, th those are all uh, amazing. Is there anything that you do personally just for yourself? I mean, drink tea or yeah. uh, I don't know. Do, do, I think people would be interested yeah. in, in, in yeah. that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think I exercise a lot. Exercise yeah. really helps me to boost my serotonin mm -hmm. um, because I can get you know, blue, I feel like it's a, it's a real like chemical thing for me. Um, I meditate, yeah. try to meditate every day, um, utterly imperfectly because, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect meditation. You know, you're constantly trying to discipline your mind to just come back to the breath. Um, and, uh, and I find it really helpful because, because it's so easy to like land on the negative for me. It's just, it just is. And so, so if I can like see the negative and move right past it, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's important to immerse yourself in, in, you know, the problem so you can understand what the solutions might be. But sometimes it's like really unhealthy to immerse myself in the problem. So I try to like figure that out. Um, you know, commu like community like mm -hmm. talking to people, having friends, um, having a community that I can go to to talk about, you know, talking to other activists um, also really makes me feel good. Really, those kinds of things can help like quell the like despair and like, you know, hamster wheel in my brain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think this is a good segue to bring in our pal, <laughs> Stacy Houston. Stacy. Yeah. Hi. Stacy <laughs> runs sixdegrees.org, which is uh, the uh, foundation that I started and that um, Kira has oftentimes uh, interacted and overlapped with. And that um, is w w where this where this podcast sprung from. So Stacy, welcome. Thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, similar to Kira, it was a rough way to start the day for sure. Um, I know when this airs, it'll be Giving Tuesday, and we're coming off of the holiday with our family and in a good in a good space. But um, yeah, filming a, a few weeks ahead of time. Obviously, we woke up to some pretty um, sad news, and it's almost numbing but also the reason why we we get up every day and we we do this work so i'm just yeah. glad that i get to be with with you all today speaking of doing the work which we're going to talk about but i i want to find out from you um what is it i mean that makes you want to do this work um you've been with six degrees how, how many years has it been now almost eight years Almost eight years. And when you came on board, it was uh, just the greatest moment. I could just feel um, all of your compassion and uh, energy and uh, in intelligence and, and, and drive. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm always impressed with people who choose uh, a life of being involved with 
you know, giving back. And I just wonder what, what you think it is about you and, and about your upbringing that, that brought you to this place. I think, first off, thank you. That was all like, the, so kind to hear. Um, I think often this work finds us and it chooses us. Um, you know, Kira and I, I don't know if you remember this, we did a podcast together, The Web of Women, a few years ago. And that's when you and I really got to know each other well. And so much of what you spoke about that day and and earlier today resonates with me. Um, I I grew up in a an environment pretty kind of mid upper class kind of town, and um, but I had a mother who was legally blind was in a car accident when I was eight years old. Um, I had a father that was abusive um, and had left shortly after that. Um, and then a stepfather that um, was an alcoholic, a wonderful man, but had substance abuse. And so a lot of my life was trying to fit in with what I felt like were perfect lives around me everywhere I looked, which we all know that was, wasn't the case, right? But that's how it seems when you're, when you're young sometimes. Um, but I was having to grow up really quickly um, being somewhat of a caretaker and, and thinking about my mom mm -hmm. and supporting her, um, being visually impaired, um, also being the recipient for so many programs that helped our family get by, um, and allowed me to play sports and play varsity volleyball and be a part of the school newspaper and, um, go on to college and, uh, you know, be able to pay for the university that I wanted to go to and um, so on and so forth. Um, but I, my whole life, I was a pretty deep empath and still am. And I often would find myself um, similar to Kira, just like overcome with emotion when something in the world um, was so painful. And when I had this opportunity to come and work for you, I felt like it was a culmination of all these different things in my life and my career, because at that point I had been doing new market development, business and sales for quite a long time on the for-profit side. Um, but it, it was an opportunity to finally kind of use those skills and talent to, to move the needle more than I felt like I could do as just an individual. Um, and you allotted that platform, that extension of you and your platform and Kira as well to help move these programs and help amplify these campaigns so that we could do a great deal of good. So um, really, I think it was, yeah, the culmination of kind of life experiences and knowing that I needed to take a step and I would only be fulfilled if I was doing kind of purpose-driven work. Amazing. This. Well, this is an episode where we are shamelessly tooting our own horns, um, <laughs> starting with having, uh, listen, anybody would be lucky to have my wife as a guest on a podcast. So uh, I, and, 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 and it, it was Stacy's idea and I was like, well, like, I think she's going to want to do it. Let's see. I'll, I'll, I'll get her to do it. I think she probably did it more for you, Stace, than she did for me. <laughs> I appreciate that. But, uh. Since we are here uh, tooting our own horns, let's talk about Six Degrees and uh, what we have going on these days. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think 
most people know the six degrees separation theory and what has been synonymous with you, Kevin, your career, the six degrees of, of Kevin Bacon. Um, and just a little background for those that, you know, know that idea, but know less, a little less about sixdegrees.org. You basically started this organization in 2007 and you really wanted to take yourself out of it in a way. And you've talked about this lots of time in the past about like, if you take me out, we're all just human beings looking for and in fact, really needing connection. So Six Degrees was founded um, along those principles and much of what Kira um, and you talked about earlier, like providing opportunities for people to connect with one another through these different service opportunities um, and opportunities to give back. So, um, you know, we really just support initiatives that sustain and enrich local communities. Um, we're focused all in the United States. This podcast has been a way for us to kind of look at organizations globally, which has been really, really fun. But our core programming um, have always been really fo focused domestically because that's where we believe we can make the, the greatest impact. Um, so we have four pillars. Those pillars are youth empowerment, um, which we obviously do a lot of work around young people through music and education and um, you know, getting them tools and resources that they need, justice and equity, which is, um, you know, it's wide, wide reaching, of course, from gender equity to, and we kind of touched on that through LGBTQ rights, um, so on and so forth, improving a sustainable living environment. And that's where we kind of do the work around climate action and PSAs to help people to move in the right direction towards um, better sustainable goals in terms of our environment. Um, and then we really try to remain agile so that we can support some emerging crisis that come up. Um, and it seems like that's happening, obviously, more and more um, directly related to gun violence or um, natural disasters that seem to be on the uptick. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? 
why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. If you are inspired by today's episode, please join us in supporting SixDegrees.org by texting the word BACON to 707070. Your gift empowers us to continue to produce programs that highlight the incredible work of everyday heroes, while also enabling us to provide essential resources to those that need it the most. Once again, text BACON to 707070 or visit 6 to learn more. It's interesting talking about these pillars, and we, we've talked about it a lot, and it really relates back to you, um, Kira. You, you know, you you were saying how you were kind of going down this list of uh, environment and um, uh, hunger, your your relationship with a food bank in New York, and gun violence, and the and the times that you've uh, you know reached out, and also on political um, causes, and you know we're kind of in the same boat in terms of six degrees and I often talk about how if you're going to be a celebrity and get involved with a cause it's probably going to be easier if you just pick one you Mm, know and mm, and mm. when when I was taught thinking about doing this this uh you know six degrees dot org every time I would think well I'll just do you know save the redwoods or it's just going to be kids or it's just going to be you know, whatever it is, I just kept going, yeah, but there's this over here and there's this over here and there's this over here. And there was something about the number six and the, and the, and, and the, and the idea of connectivity that I just really resisted. And, and so I think that it's interesting that all of us, uh, all, all, all three of us have that point of view where, where, where we just are, uh, we just see so much out there that that uh, you know needs help, and it's been so fascinating from the podcast point of view because people come in, and every time I finish talking to the person that runs their organization, I'm like, oh yeah, that's the thing, you know. Yeah. And then somebody else comes in, and and we we talk about that, and I feel that as well. I mean, are there challenges? Do you find challenges in, in terms of that, Stace? Like in terms of like you know, keeping our focus being spread too thin? I mean, you know, I think absolutely. And for the first few years, it was a struggle to also um, communicate that to funders, right? Mm, Because at the end of the day, you're doing all this incredible work. We know it's not just anecdotal. We can see the impact. We have the metrics around it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, we've talked about this. Sometimes it's easier to say, we do water, we provide right. access to water and, right. you know, and, and, and we put in wells and that's a very easy and clear message. But um, quite frankly, it's it it doesn't speak to kind of who you are, who I am, who Kira is like there are these diverse needs and they're all seemingly critical. Right. Like, yeah. Um, and we want to be able to utilize the resources that we have and like our basically our core three programs um, to address these these needs. And so much of our pillars overlap, right? Because, um, and we can talk a little bit about this, some of our different programs, but, 
you know, when we build kits, that's one, like our, our main program right now where we are focused on pulling essential resources together and giving them to different people in need. I mean, that touches racial justice, food injustice, environmental impacts of injustice. Um, and, and oftentimes we're coming in after natural disasters to help support um, people. Or we just did this building kit in Houston um, to help with hurricane preparedness kits so that they could be better prepared should that inevitable hurricane come and hit that area. So, I mean, we see such an overlap now. So I do feel um, we are kind of keenly focused on core areas that we can do the most impact in. Um, the other core programs are Cause Evolve, and that's really what you're seeing with the podcast. So we're utilizing our unique expertise to create really compelling storytelling. Um, and our hope is that we cut through the noise and really capture ca capture attention and then inspire people to action. So with this podcast, that's why it's really important that we have these call to actions. We have the people on the ground that are the true change makers on the podcast to talk about their day-to-day -day activities um, because we know that no one tells a story better than those people that are like the battle soldiers on the ground mm, uh, sure. doing this work day in and day out. Yeah. Um, and, and the celebrity is the hook, right? Like, right. and it's not, and it, it's different, right? I think that we really have been thoughtful with um, the different celebrity or talent that have come on the show and that will continue to come on that we want them to have a sincere connection to truly care about the work Um you know, it's more than a tweet, although tweets are important, right? Like it mm -hmm. actually does draw a lot of attention, those simple actions because of your immense platform. Um, but we've used six degrees to, you know, do format shows like this or um, play on, which was the music benefit we did um, where we raised over seven million dollars for racial justice and food insecurity um, back in 2020. Um, you know, at the you know, basically what we thought was almost the end of the pandemic and it was really only just beginning at that point yeah. um, and and then our third program which is degree shift and that's been something that we've been doing for quite some time um which is just being a convener of these different campaigns we bring together different stakeholders different people of influence organizations and we get everyone um you know with a single call to action and really trying to maximize the impact of that by drawing attention to a singular cause um and so most people probably will know the the campaign that we did, I Stay Home For, and that was the beginning of 2020 um, when COVID had just really um, shook the whole world. And, you know, we call it kind of like a, a lightning in a bottle time period because it was a pandemic. The entire world was facing the same thing and we were all being told to kind of shelter in place. Um, and our way of trying to support that was the campaign that you launched via Six Degrees, Kevin, asking people to share a, a video or a photo, simply saying who they're staying home for. And the idea was to say, we're not doing this for ourselves. Like, you might be healthy and you might be young and you may not have any pre-existing conditions, but you're staying home for your grandmother or for your sister that, you know, has an autoimmune disease or so on and so forth. Um and through campaigns like that, we've received lots of recognition and support from the community um, through, you know, Webby's and Shorty Impact Awards and Telly Awards and those sorts of things, which which is all great. That just lets us know that people uh, believe that we're on the right track here. But 
the idea is that we we build these campaigns that are really accessible for people to do. They're also easy to replicate so that people can take ownership and make these campaigns their own and spread messages and appeals to their own networks uh, and try to help further, you know, the, the impact and do do good in their own communities and neighborhoods. Kira, I don't I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you remember any kind of six degrees based um, uh, thing that you were involved with that, that was memorable? Yeah, I remember that really great um, spoken word thing. Remind me a little bit of that, Stacy. We were God, that was we that was a couple years ago. That was in D.C. Um, yeah, March for Our Lives. Yeah, that was, that, that's right? right. It was yeah. the that's right. Oh God, oh, it's hard to Full think circle. about. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's 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 amazing because it was really. I think it was Marjorie Douglas High School had yeah. that horrific shooting and that was the catalyst for march for our lives and it was a you know trying to bring attention to gun violence um in dc and before the march there was a an event at a like a like a a venue where people did spoken word about their experience with gun violence and it was extraordinary and there were a lot of young people there and it was um I think it was hosted by Six Degrees, and it was extraordinary. I mean, it was – you really could feel um, the need that these kids had to share their experience in a communal way and um, to have people be affected by it. And it was it was incredible for everybody, for the people that were watching and the people that were participating. And I thought, oh, you're really doing a great thing here. You know, <laughs> you guys really – you really, um, really got your finger on it, you know. It kind of comes back to us really focusing on amplifying voices with lived experiences. And that was an example of an event where it was actually just young people that were asked yeah. to speak and share. Um, and uh, what Marjorie Douglas did so well when they were the kind of the catalyst for this March for Our Lives was, was enormous. And I remember, um, <laughs> I mean, it was palpable, the the pain that you felt in the air from all these young people, but also their intention about making a change and having their voices heard is that they were inclusive in DC the night before out of all the young, you know, um, uh, inner city uh, young people that experience gun violence all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's in their neighborhoods and in their communities. Um, and they made space for that on, on, you know, during the poetry event and, and the day the next day at the the march but i remember that i think that was our first time meeting in person here yeah yeah, yeah. and i yeah. just remember it being i mean it is one of those things that's a unifier because it was very heavy but um but i think it's it's important right it wasn't very. comfortable it was very hard no. a lot of tears shed yeah but we show up and we look at it because we walk through that privilege that we don't ha you know have those lived experiences all the time right but we want to show up for those that do and we want to truly be an ally i totally agree and i think being you know not afraid to look is a really important thing, you know, I think because these things do exist in our lives and they're happening all the time and they need to be witnessed. Yeah. So I yeah. think that having that was pretty extraordinary for them and for us. Yeah, yeah. it was great. It was a great night. Um, we have some uh, special announcements, seeing as this is Giving Tuesday. 
Uh, Stacy, do you want to talk about what we have going on here or any kind of um, call to action that we can uh, hit right now for 6degrees.org? Yeah. So um, because we are still um, under this strike, I'm going to dance around this a bit. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you see what I did there? I see what um, you did there. <laughs> Kevin maybe by been... given Tuesday, there won't be a strike. Maybe, maybe oh, we'll just, God, we, can, we can bleep it into um, the script, but um, a certain dance film that um, has been synonymous with your career, Kevin, is turning 40, which, oh. I mean, how is that happening? I don't, it's like, right, oh. it was only 20 years ago, but somehow the film has aged past you. Uh, um, so it's the 40th year, which is amazing, and in celebration of that, Six Degrees is going to commit to. By building... the way, I was I was seven oh. when I made that film. I know exactly. It was amazing. It was amazing. They aged me up a whole bunch. Anyway, it was, it was I'm sorry incredible. to inter- I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. AI was was involved in the conversation <laughs> then as well. Apparently, uh, but no, I I um it's a it's we're going to build forty thousand kits uh, for the the essential care items across the entire country. So that's our commitment at sixdegrees.org. We're going to be partnering with um, our network of community partners across the whole country. Um, And what's really special about the 40,000 kits, um, people might say like, okay, like, you know, sure, they're hygiene items and books and, um, you know, shampoo, conditioner, like, what does that really do in the longevity of of this partnership? But We've been running this program now for six months, and we've been working with nonprofits at the grassroots level for a lot longer than that. Um, and what we find is that, you know, it's a, it's the best way to put it this way. You walk into Target, and if you want to buy a house, Target's going to say, I'm sorry, like we don't sell you houses, right? But when you're a constituent and you walk into a nonprofit, and you might be there because it's a food bank and you're hungry, but guess what? You also need clothes. You might need um, job services. You might need housing. Um, when you're in this type of purpose-driven work, you don't just turn people away. You exhaust your resources and your efforts and your bandwidth trying to either you know turn someone to another organization that you create a partnership with or it's local in the community, or you open up your pockets and you provide them with what they need in the moment. And so what we're doing at Six Degrees is providing these essential kits, really talking to the nonprofits on the ground, what they need, what they're being asked for, um, providing these items to those organizations so that they can focus on their core programs. So this is a way that we can serve them, help with their bandwidth and their resources, and get them focused on what they're doing day to day to really make an impact in a greater way. So we're very, very excited about that. Um we stuffed three, so 300 backpacks the other day down in uh, D.C. We did. Yeah, with the um, Baker Brothers. Yeah, it was, it, was, really, it, was, it was awesome. It was awesome, yeah. Yeah, and and that was a perfect example of like community organization coming together and local people that live in the area just stopping by and helping us with stuffing these, these backpacks and then getting them directly to a, a great organization that helps families in, in transition. So it's going to look that way and it's going to cover kind of all of our different core pillars um, and to officially launch us for Giving Tuesday, we have a fantastic partner, which is Bonfire. 
and they are committing to $25,000 in matching gifts. So if you text the word bacon to 707070, um, you can make a gift today and your gift is doubled. Um, and it'll go on throughout the whole month into December. Um, but it's going to be this kind of initial appeal for 2024. Um, and Bonfire is a really important partner um, for us. Uh, Bonfire has been a partner that we've worked with lots of times. And in fact, you and Kira have worn their shirts several times. So when we just did the um, Drag as an Art campaign, people are listening, saw um, this little dynamic duo do a Taylor Swift dance with these really (laughs) cool, beautifully designed t-shirts. We did that with Bonfire and it was an apparel campaign where we raised um, over $55,000 in 48 hours for ACLU and their Drag Defense Fund, which was really supporting um, lots of anti-LGBTQ legislation fights that were all over the country. And we felt the need to stand up and exercise our voice. And you two stepped up and and Boy, did we wore ever. the shirt. And yeah, you definitely <laughs> did, right? Um, and, and, you know, and, and with that, a, we obviously did a great deal of good, but we also created these like walking billboards everywhere. Um, and the great thing about Bonfire is like they're free to use. Um, they take care of all of the customer service for us. So we didn't have to really worry about our limited bandwidth um, or logistics when it comes to fulfilling these products. Um, it comes through as a donation for the organization. So that's a wonderful gift. People can also donate when they buy items. It's not just T-shirts. We did coffee cups as oh. I'm, I'm right now <laughs> and totes and, and and lots of different things that people can wear um, to help spread a message, right? Um, and so Bonfire is open to the public. They can um, partner with them and they can put up these beautiful campaigns that help them to raise money, spread a message, do a lot of good. They've been fantastic work to work with. We're just so excited, but um, really just a great, great support to the nonprofit community. And so they're our partner for this. We couldn't be more grateful because that's what it takes. It takes corporate partners stepping up and supporting us um, in this in this fight to, to, you know, spread good, spread kindness, build these kits, do social impact productions like this. Um, it really takes a village. So we're grateful for ours. And today we are super excited because we're launching a special edition t-shirt from your signature dance movie, Kevin. So if listeners go to bonfire.com forward slash Kevin, they're going to see a super cool t-shirt that we designed um, and got licensed and all that fun stuff so that we can raise money for all the programs that we talked about here today. And there's so many ways that Bonfire supports nonprofits and other individuals and change makers that are doing a world of good. So we have some really specific call to actions um, and they're easy, right? Like mainly you could share this podcast and, you know, follow us along on all of our social media channels. All the links will be in the show notes, but really following and engaging in content for nonprofits does a lot of good. Obviously it helps us cast a much bigger net, increases our reach and therefore our impact. So we'd love to hear from you guys hear what you're liking about the show about the work that we're doing um and if you're so inclined like please join us um as we fundraise to to build all of these 
essential care kits um, by texting BACON, B-A-C-O-N, to 707070. Thank you. Thank you, Stacy. Uh, you rock. You, you rock. really do. Yeah. You're you amazing. You so hard. You're amazing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful to have you with Six Degrees. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's the best. It's the best. It means a lot. And also to know you and your beautiful, two beautiful little girls and <laughs> your fantastic husband. Yeah. It's, we're, we're, we're thrilled to have you uh, uh, as, as our friends. And uh, Kira, I'm, I'm very happy to have you as my friend too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks so, for asking me to come. It's amazing. It's an honor, really. It really is. You guys are incredible, and Six Degrees is incredible. I'm so proud of you guys and what you've accomplished and what you continue to do with that that podcast. I think it's really something special, so I feel lucky to be, have been a part of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kira. And come back anytime, okay? <laughs> Let's chat some more. Let's You're chat right. some more. Love you guys. Thanks for being here. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Six Degrees with Kevin Bacon. And if you want to learn more about SixDegrees.org and all the work that we are up to, you can head to SixDegrees.org. Reach out to Stacy on our social platforms. Get connected, get involved. You can find all those links in our show notes. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the show and tune in to the rest of our episodes. You can find Six Degrees with Kevin Bacon on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.